0: As we begin our time together, I am just really excited of what we get to invest in, into our journey. I love that Pastor Sean gives life messages where it's impactful, it's very practical. And for many of you in the family worship room, thank you for being in there. I know it's going to touch you in many ways as far as in your life and your journey. And as you're sipping on that coffee from that beautiful, holy Keurig. Hello, somebody. It's called the glory juice. Glory in a cup. It's all right. Douse a couple, of five, six cups, and then you're good for the day. <laughs> but I'm all about last words. Jesus had his last words. And we're looking at statement six that he um, expressed as he was walking through his journey, um, just absorbing life, heart, life's harshest moments in his world. And I, I know many of you have experienced <clears throat> some tough times, Right? Now, all of you, just raise your hand. I know I'm not the only one. We've survived some tough times. You've weathered through some tough moments. And we're gonna see what God says to us today. And so I know many of us have had bad moments, but can I just be honest, have you ever had funny bad moments? Yeah, this is storytelling time. Let me pause for a second. All right. I've suffered a bad moment. And if I can share it with you, it's at my mother-in-law's house. And all the daughters-in-law say, amen. Yeah, I'm going there. You ain't right. Oh, yes, I am. I am right. I have my senses with me. And so, one of my funniest moments was a ro- arriving at my mother-in-law's house, and, and normally what we do on a long trip is, you know, uh, just go in the washroom. We call it the bathroom here, but I call it the washroom. It's fancier. Um, and we get to kind of like refresh ourselves, wash our, you know, our hands, get ready for dinner and all of that. And so, I'm nervous, I'm a new bride. I just got married to Pastor Sean, and I'm nervous going into her home. I'm eating at her dinner table. And so um, he went in first, I went in second. And normally what I do as a routine is uh, turn on the water and open the window, you know, just uh, because it was in the middle of summer and I wanted to just get, you know, ready for dinner. And so that's normally what I do. Turn on the water, open the window. Okay, again, turn on the water, open the window. So as I walked into um, the bathroom, where it has green carpet,
1: <laughs>
0: and um, I turn on the water, and I notice the window. Now, I'm a short stack, okay? I'm about 5'5", five five, Latina size, all right? I'm very <laughs> compact. It's all right. Nicaragüenza flows, okay? And so up there um, on the wall is this huge, like, um, like, just tall window, and so it's set up real high, very small, and so I'm trying to figure out how to get up there, and and normally Pastor Sean, he, he will leave the window open, but this time he didn't, so I wanted to reach up and open the window, so I put my foot on the bathtub ridge, and you know the sliding glass door, I opened it, and it's kind of supported by an aluminum, you know, kind of like this square thing to kind of hold it, so I opened it up, put my foot on the edge, and I tried to reach with my right foot onto the soap dish. Yes, Yasmin, don't judge. (laughs) This is my time. So I put my foot on the soap dish that's connected to the tiled wall. And so, yeah, you know where I'm going with that. Yeah, it gets better. And so as I reached up, I slid the, the window open and then all of a sudden my right foot gives way, and then the soap dish disconnects from the tiled wall, and then you hear thump into the bathtub. Okay, I caught myself, I I got down, and yeah, like many of you, yes, that happened. And so as you're thinking of all the details, I got down, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm pacing back and forth. (sighs) I'm getting heart palpitations. The room starts spinning, and like a a good Latina, you have to make it dramatic, okay? And so I'm there, and then all of a sudden, I had this, this heavy perspiration come over me. And if I could describe it to you, it's not like a J-Lo perspiration, you know, she looks, she looks good as she, after she does the Vegas concert, you know, she's going all over the place and doing her kicks and wearing her leotards, oh no, this did not happen. And so I'm here in the bathroom on the green carpet, soap dish connect, disconnected from the wall, I'm standing there, and all of a sudden this, you know, like the Latina. would, if I could talk through it with you, um, it's like an experience like this, it's... It's like a a beads of sweat over your upper lip area. Where bleach hair resides, and so, and beads of sweat coming down on the bridge of your nose. And then all of a sudden there's beads, hello somebody, beads of sweat in the hairline. And you know, as an ethnic girl who got her hair pressed, okay? Once you get beads of sweat up in the hairline, it's like it's all over. Why? 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 It starts curling. It's like, oh, no. Oh, no. So I'm pacing back and forth in that bathroom going, oh, my gosh. I'm trying to work out the scenario of how do I tell my mother-in-law? How is this going to play out? I'm not sure. And so I hear a light rapping at the door, and it's my mother-in-law. And she says, Diana, are you okay? I said, yeah, uh, mom, yes, yes, I'm, I'm okay. I turn on the water, I start pretending like I'm washing my hands. And then I put it, I dry my hands on her nice, you know, host guest towels. I, I start leaving the bathroom and I go and, and make a beeline to the dinner table. So I'm sitting there at the dinner table, smiling making small chit-chat, and I'm eating my food all the while. I'm thinking of scenarios, plans on how do I break the news to my mother-in-law. So I I didn't notice this, but she got up from the table, put her dish into the sink, and she made her way to the bathroom. And then all I could hear as I'm eating, chit-chatting with my father-in-law, my husband next to me, was, "Lan." and then all of a sudden a cold chill comes down the back of my neck down to the lower back. And I got so nervous and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she discovered it. And so I, I could hear her saying, Len, can you come here for a minute? And so Leonard gets up. My father-in-law goes to the um, restroom and they're both chit-chatting. I don't know what happened here. And he's like, Sandra, I have no idea. What, what occurred here? So as they're kind of like, you know, discussing it, my husband gets up and he makes his way over to the bathroom and then the three of them start discussing about this broken soap dish in the bathroom. So as they're having this little small group session going on in there, I'm still at the dinner table. (laughs) And finally I got up, I went over to the bathroom and I started listening to them discuss, you know, the whole scenario about, you know, the soap dish, and I just stood there, and, and I found myself going, <laughs> as they're discussing strategies of what happened, with the soap dish. And all of, a, all of a sudden, my husband starts saying, you know, you know, mom, I can handle this. I could, I could put something, you know, and, and connect that thing again. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, yeah, Sean can do everything. <laughs> so I'm there, and finally, I, I, uh, I, I never confessed. And I'm proud of it. <laughs> so I will never forget it. I told Sean, if, if I go down, you go down with me. <laughs> have you ever had those funny bad moments? That's just one of many. So as we experience those funny moments, I know many of us have walked through some maybe not so funny bad moments, maybe some terrible times. Do I have a witness in this room? I know I'm not the only one, okay? And I know for many of us as adults, we think that we have a thicker skin, a spine of steel, and we can absorb a little bit more. But all of a sudden, that whole thing changes when when you start experiencing your bad day with your family, with your friends. And let me just dig a little bit deeper, especially with your children. Something changes (laughs) And so I'm going to share with you uh, what happened on my worst day with my family, with my babies. And it's this. My mother-in-law, her name is Sandra. You know, we had a great relationship. I was a daughter to her, and she was my mother. And we shared uh, many talks just talking about stuff, life. And we've had our bad moments. We have our good moments. I want to help you, you know, kind of relax and kind of take down the barriers over your heart and just let you know, even even pastors' families go through stuff, and so as um, as we were uh, probably about eight nine years ago, my mother-in-law was beginning to kind of like lose her direction as she was walking. She started getting migraines, and her speech started to slur, and her direction started to tilt, and she couldn't write intelligibly anymore. And so she went to the doctor, and she received the diagnosis that she had a brain tumor. And it affected her um, ability to drive, and it progressed even more. And finally, the doctor said, you need to go into surgery. She went. They removed it. And we thought they um, took out everything. But unfortunately, uh, um, in her recovery, it grew faster, and, and it was some tough times. And so I would leave here to go and visit with her, and I would take her for walks. And she needed assistance as she would walk around the park just to be out in the sunshine because she would lose her way or her balance. And if she wasn't uh, with someone that would um, be with her, she would lose her direction or she would fall. And so, you know, we just worked through some family things. No one knew that. No one saw the intimate details of that. You just kind of plow through. And so the moment arrived when we received the the diagnosis that it returned, and we started doing ministry time at home, we started to um, have some deep conversations, you know, um, heart-to-heart talks, last words, and many of you know this, but even, you know, my husband and his brother would sit with his mom, and they would have their last words together, and the few days that have passed, it progressed so much, the migraine started to get more intense, that um, she would have the last words with her sons, her daughters-in-law, and also her parents. And um, as time progressed a little bit faster, the next day her migraines were so bad that she slipped into a coma. And when she went into a coma, we knew those were the last stages. And so um, she gave her last breath, and my husband was there, my my brother-in-law was there, and Leonard, her husband, was right beside her. And she went into eternity. And it was almost like an out-of-body experience. I, it's almost like as if I came out of my body and saw everyone grieving in their own individual way. And it was tough to see my husband weather through his toughest day. To lose his mother so young in life. And all I could think about as I was looking at this were my children. My children. Because who was going to tell my children? Because this was the Nana that took care of them while we would go on ministry trips. This is the Nana that would take them, you know, to parks, you know, overnights, movie nights, you know, fun monster nights. They would, you know, turn off all the lights and play monster and, you know, surprise each other, scare each other. They would play um, teacher and student with Papa in, in the school while she would... Um, bake cookies, and as they returned, they would have a meal and have cookies together. This was that Nana. And so um, my husband and I, we got in the car, drove down Highway 12 on our way home. And as we met up with girlfriends, babysitters of ours, and as they dropped off the kids, we came into our house, we sat down our children, and we begin to break the news to our girls, Hadassah, Mariah, Victoria, and Alexandra. And um, as we... As we began to speak those words and those words, no sooner that they left our lips, that you could tell Mariah began to become enclosed and she began to weep. It was her way of grieving. Then the twins would lean into their daddy on the, his shoulders and begin to cry. But what, didn't, what I wasn't prepared for was my daughter Hadassah. She began to wail, scream. And she fell down to the ground. She began to grab her her heart, her chest. She goes, why is my chest so heavy? Why does it feel like it's broken in pieces? If it hurts too much, just make it stop. That was a tough day. And like many of you that have gone through divorce, gone through someone walking out on you, gone through some tough times with your children that you discovered that they've gone through abuse. It's a different thing when it affects your children. It's tough. But I remembered that as I saw this happen to my family, I resolved in my mind, Lord, I'm not going to allow this to happen to my family where they get under the weight of this, that they won't come up for air. That they get under and be overwhelmed by the circumstance that they won't be able to recover. If you would help me, Jesus, I promise you, we will make it. And that, that was my commitment to my family. That's, I'm just made that way. I'm, I'm made that way because I've gone through some tough stuff as a kid. And I knew that my children were not prepared for this. As they see dad grieve his way. I didn't want him to be taken under by the weight of the circumstances. And so some of the things that I want to share with you is because my heart is for you. It's not not to take something from you, but I want to give and I I want something for you. I want you to to walk through your toughest day with victory, with resolve, coming out on top of your situation and not come under the pressure of the weight of life many of you that are visiting for the first time, maybe you're walking through your tough day and you're not prepared for what's coming at you. Well, just listen to a mama's heart as I I kind of paint a picture of, of a way, a blueprint of how you can weather your worst and most terrible day. Two ways that you can choose is the first way is it can play on forever and go on repeat. Play on forever or go on repeat it's a choice. In other words, you can choose to have this situation, this pain change you in the worst way. As your children are witnessing you in the raw, in the moment, all of a sudden it gets embedded inside of you. All of a sudden it becomes your conversation. The first thing on the front, forefront of your mind And all of a sudden, your kids, your family, your spouse, they begin to relive this trauma over and over again. They begin to relive this in your conversation, your negative atmosphere. And all of a sudden, it becomes a personal narrative. It's the first thing you talk about, the first thing when you address with new relationships. You don't know how to get out of this, so the moment keeps playing on and on and on. Or... You can choose to be led to the end of it. In other words, you can have your bad moment, but it doesn't have to be forever. And this moment is not forever. It has an expiration date. And you have a new playlist playing in your head. And and you and your family begin to move from the pain and the sting of that pain into a healing experience And then all of a sudden, your relationship with your spouse, it becomes normal again, but it's a new normal. And then you begin to walk it out with a less sting, the less sting of that painful experience. The painful moment, the raw moment, the rawness is moving to a healed place. And so the difference between these two choices is this, is that it's the same painful experience, but a different focal point. And I want to teach you how to choose to put your eyes on Jesus. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says here, Pastor Sean was, um, you know, just diving into our, our worst days and how to weather through them, especially when you're studying through the life and the lens of Jesus. And he gave us this beautiful um, scripture, a powerful scripture, It's it's just bold words. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And it says this. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. And it says, study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. The cross, the shame, the embarrassment, The ridicule, he put up with everything. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God in heaven. And when you find yourselves doubtful in your faith, weak in your faith, flagging in your faith, not being able to be supported by your faith, he says this, go over the story of Jesus Christ again. Go over it again. You didn't get it the first time? Read it over. If you didn't get the second time, you better go and put your eyes on the scripture again. He withstood everything. He took it like a champ. And he says this, item by item, situation by situation, that long litany of hostility. In other words, the long acts of of just despicable things that happened to him. Read it over. How he plowed through the situation. And that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. You see, what Jesus went through, it can encourage you to put your eyes on Jesus. Put your trust in Jesus. Even though you can't figure it out, don't try to figure it out. Let Jesus figure it out for you. So the main scripture that we're going to look at today, it's The sixth statement of Jesus, and we could look at it in John chapter 19, verse 30. John chapter 19, verse 30. It says, when Jesus had tasted the vinegar, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. You see, Pastor Sean discussed the part about vinegar last week. You remember the three cups? The three cups, the vinegar represented dryness, bitterness, bitterness. emptiness. You see, he was talking about the thirsty soul, but what he didn't touch on was the fact that those three cups, Jesus took it. Well, what the soldiers should have gave him was water, but they never gave him water. They gave him vinegar. Now imagine our Jesus, open gaping wounds, blood dripping down, scratches on his face, being disfigured beyond recognition, Imagine vinegar going on those open wounds. They just wanted to rub it in just a little bit more of his pain on the cross. But he took it like a champ. He withstood and absorbed the worst of the worst of things that happened to him. And so we're going to look at it. And I want you to write down, number one, as you're going through your worst day, be confident that our bad day has a purpose. It has a purpose. It's not meaningless. You're not just going through the motions of a bad day. Your, your life is not becoming unraveled just to be unraveled, to be a crazy and healed, so to speak. To be a crazy, so to speak, and all of the stuff that you're absorbing and, and your life is unraveling and you have no clue what's going on. So you're kind of in a whirlwind just experiencing life and, and going in this tumultuous, tumultuous turn in life. No, there is a purpose for those who love God. You can bank on this, that God will make it work for your good and for your benefit. It is not meaningless. He will make sure he will squeeze out every opportunity in that situation to work for your benefit. It's never a negative. It will always be a positive in your life. You will always come on top, always on that situation. Be confident that our bad day has a purpose. There is a difference between game over and it is finished. And there's a difference between throwing in the towel in life and actually going through something. There is a difference between I give up versus I've done everything I can possibly do. There is a purpose to your pain. Don't give up. You see, Paul who was one of the apostles of Jesus Christ. His life was a moment of encounter with Jesus. He was on the wrong side. All of a sudden, he's on Jesus' side. And he becomes this, this anointed man of God who would preach the gospel to every place that he can discover. He would go in the town center. He would, he would be like that gentleman to go in the middle of Berkeley. You thought you saw protests. You've seen nothing yet. In the Bible, he would probably show up in the middle of Berkeley, preach the gospel, but they would grab him by the hair, drag him through the city, and throw him out the city just for him to get up, dust off, and go right back in. Why? All because of the gospel. This was Paul. He was that crazy. He's my kind of guy. But he absorbed some tough stuff, ridiculous stuff, beatings, floggings, whippings. He was stripped naked, thrown in jail just to be released and to go right back in there, beaten beyond 39 lashes. That was that kind of guy that Paul was. And as we look at this scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he says this, and we could find comfort and some kind of vigor and some resolve in us as we go through our tough day. And he says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. In other words, as I was entering it, I did not give up. As I was going through it, I'm coming out like a champ. And I am at the end of it, I win. You win. You need to know you win. You never lose if you put your trust in Jesus. And so as Paul was pushing through, through life, He never resented the people that he was ministering to. Never protested. Never said anything in animosity, anger, or pain. He just said, I made it. I accomplished my task. I finished the race. I'm ending it. This is good. And I kept my faith in Jesus. The second thing I want you to write down as you're working through your worst day is to remember this our struggles are never pointless. They're not meaningless. They have a point. Your bad days are never wasted in God's hands. Never wasted. Not one moment, not one tear, not one memory. It's never wasted. It's never idle time. He doesn't look at your life as it's a strewn mess, and he never walks by and says, man, sucks for her. Or he never goes by a gentleman and says, wow, I hope it it goes well for him. Never. He never talks like that. He never looks at your life like that. So as your life is in pieces, he will gather all the pieces and put them together. Put them in order and make sure that you always have a good hand. You will always have a good hand as you're working through your worst day. And he says this in the scripture, Psalm 126, verse 5 through 6. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. And they weep as they go to plant their seed. But they sing as they return with the harvest. In other words, if I could paint you a picture, you are going through your worst day. You are up at night with anxiety knots in your stomach and you get up from sleepless nights and you feel the anxiety in your heart whenever that person calls you. Or when you get that bad email and you're like, I don't want to respond. Or that person that just railed you up and down dragging your name through the mud. As you're working through your worst day, tears, moments, anxiety, pressure, As you're sowing your life in tears, God is going to come by as time goes by and he's going to make that place fruitful in your life. It's never pointless. You see, I suffered abuse from the ages of three to twelve, nine years of my life. But let me tell you, I am living the abundant life now, 20 years and more. Those nine years pale in comparison to what I'm living now. And let me tell you, God is not done yet. You see, the abundance that I have now is because I plowed in tears. I just began to plant, plant my life. It was hard trying to get over that. Because believe me, it takes up emotional space, mental real estate, it takes up your life. You're, you're not sure whether you're going to function healthfully in a relationship. But let me tell you, I have the best marriage. I married the best man. I have the most amazing kids. Why? Because I put my trust in Jesus. And believe me, I'm a survivor. You are a survivor too. Tell your neighbor you're a survivor. And let's all sing that song. I'm a survivor. No, i Number three, I want you to write down, our suffering has a season. It's not forever. Our suffering has a season. It's not forever. Mom, dad in the family worship room, some of you are going through postpartum depression, whatever that looks like, it's not forever. I promise you. Yeah, I went through that too. Yeah, I'm a whole bunch of crazy. Can you imagine me? But you know what? Glory to Jesus. I'm redeemed. Hello you can make it. You're going to make it. Psalm chapter 30 verse 5, for his anger lasts only for a brief moment, and his good favor restores one's life. And one may experience sorrow during the night. Oh, but hold on. Morning is coming. Joy is arriving in the morning. You see, it may have taken up a moment, may have taken up a week. Maybe for some of us, maybe a month. but Oh, hold on. Jesus is right around the corner. You need to know that you serve a God that is so intentional about your life. He will never waste one single ounce of that bad situation. He's going to make it turn around for your good. You're going to laugh when days start coming to you. You're going to have a different attitude. This is not forever, sis. This is not forever, brother. This is not forever. You see, some of us feel like it's forever. You see, but there's an expiration date on that crazy. There's an expiration date on the chaos surrounding that person, whoever's the antagonizer. There's an expiration date to the sleepless nights, your stomach that's turning, the anxiety. But friends, Jesus is saying it is not forever. Say with me, it's not forever. forever. You see, but there's two things. Before you start walking into your bad day, Before you start investing already there in your emotional energy, your mental capacity, before you start diving into your bad day, there are two things that I want to reassure you that God God is trying to reassure you as you're walking through it. And I want you to write down this. Know that God has a detailed plan for me. He has a detailed plan. It's not he's never behind the eight ball. I I mean, he's never he's never um, late or disorganized when it comes to your life. He's always ahead of the game. He's proactive. He sees it before you even enter it. He already has all the steps coordinated for your benefit. So as we're looking at this, I want you to understand, you need to know that before you entered into your bad day, he's worked out a plan of action, a pattern, a method, a blueprint, a vision that Jesus has for your lives. It's not accidental. It's, it's intentional, extremely intentional. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 16 through 17, he says, so we do not give up our physical body. It's becoming older. It's getting weaker. That's just the aging process. It's okay. But our spirit inside of us made is made new every single day. Why? Because of, we trust in Jesus. We have small troubles here for a while here on, on planet Earth. Just for small moments in our lives. But they are helping us to gain an eternal glory that is much greater than our troubles. In other words, you're going to suffer a little here. Oh, but what you're going to receive at the end of that suffering is in heaven, which is a great reward. It's not going to be all bad, in other words. It's not going to be a negative in your situation. God has it under control. He's working out the blueprints right now before you enter your bad day. Secondly, I want you to know that God wants to reassure you to know that he will bring you through to the end. He's going to bring you through. And if I could just reorganize your thinking, there's no escape clause. Get that out of your head. In other words, in other words, it's one thing as your perspective to say, uh, you know what? I, I'm tapping out. I'm out. This is, this is bad. This is all bad. It's all going down. Uh, I, I need a rescue plan. Can you rescue me? And he's saying just... Just hold on. I'm going to bring you through. I'm going to teach you how to work through this. Because you're going to get a little more steely spine. You're going to have thicker skin to absorb some stuff. And you're going to see through this in 2 Timothy verse 4. I mean, chapter 4, verse 18. And it says this. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack. And he will bring me safely into his kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. In other words, Paul, who absorbed all kinds of stuff, things that you can't even possibly imagine, dragged through the city naked, abused, hurled insults all over the place, dragged by his hair, sometimes thrown in jail, alone in stocks and chains, and he's there, and he's saying, you know what? I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer and I'm gonna survive this. And believe me, you're gonna survive this too. You're gonna come out winning at the end. And as he's working through his worst day, he's saying, you know what, forever and ever, amen. High five everybody, bam, 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 bam. Fist bump, boom, 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 boom. I survived, that's Paul. Second Timothy. And as we're looking at this, I can't promise you, friend, that you won't have a bad day. I can't promise you that you won't experience pain. You see, because that's not the Bible. I would be lying to you. You're gonna experience some tough moments in life. And as you're working and experiencing some suffering, some extremely harsh times, believe me, Jesus experiences worse days as well. And humanity, as we see it, they're experiencing some hard times too. But the difference that makes us different from the crowd, from everybody else, is the one word. And that word is trust. Trust when you trust in Jesus. When you bank all of your eggs in one basket, and that basket is Jesus. You see, you could put your trust in Jesus. Because, oh, my friend, if I could show you, he is just carrying you through it. Tis so sweet to trust in
1: Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know. Thus saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I prove him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. It's all
0: about Jesus. For those of you that put your trust in Jesus, you will never be in the negative. You are built out of the same fiber that Jesus is built out of. He is the son of God and we are called sons and daughters of God. You are not alone. He is not the only one winning. But the thing is that we get to ride on his coattails as we enter the kingdom. Why? Because we put our trust in Jesus. So as you're working through your worst day, put your trust in Jesus. As your husband or wife has walked out on you, put your trust in Jesus. As you discovered your child is going through an abusive situation, oh, believe me, let me testify, you can put your trust in Jesus. You will never be in the negative. You will always come out on top. You are made to be a champion. You will never be in the negative. If I can just keep speaking this into you until you believe me, you need to understand, you can put your trust in Jesus. He absorbed some serious stuff, and he survived. But the thing is, it doesn't stop there. The scripture says not only did he survive, he resurrected. The Jesus I serve went through his stuff. The Jesus I serve, he was whipped, ridiculed, abused, insults hurled at him. That's my Jesus. He weathered the pain of the cross carrying it on his back with open wounds and blood dripping down his body, disfigured. No one could recognize him. He is not the blue-eyed, white, blonde-haired Jesus. No one could recognize him. As he carried his cross up down the Golgotha way, planted the cross, laid it down, and he submitted his body as they nailed him to the cross. That's my Jesus. As they put that tree and stood it up, the weight of his body, writhing in pain, that's my Jesus. And if he could survive, oh, if I could tell you this, you'll survive too. As he resurrected, oh, your resurrection is coming, friend. You'll be resurrected too. You are not alone. Oh, I don't believe in fairy tales, but I believe in the faith and the power and the resurrection and the authority, the name above all names. And his name is Jesus. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, like many of you, you have gone through your worst days. You survived. And this this place, called Fellowship Church, we have some survivors in this room. Walk through some tough stuff. But many of you, maybe this is your first time and it was even hard coming out of the car as you parked in the parking lot. Walking through the doors and you weren't sure whether you were going to be received. But you're going to give this Jesus, this church a try. But as you walk through and many friendly faces started easing your fears, you found your seat, you started hearing the music, you started seeing the smiling faces, and all of a sudden you feel that tug in your heart. And I'm here to tell you, friend, that's the presence of God, opening up your heart to Jesus. And I'm here to tell you this is your time. This is your moment to just take a step towards Jesus. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to be perfect. Believe me, if you could see this crazy Latina up here on stage, believe me, you're accepted. You're family. So I want to take this opportunity just to help you kind of take a brave step forward towards Jesus. And at the count of three, if this resonates with you, I want you to kind of raise your hand and acknowledge, you know what, I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. It's all right. Believe me, all of us here in this room had our moment too. And it's just a simple acknowledgement. So everyone with bowed heads and closed eyes, on the count of three, I'm going to give you an opportunity to just acknowledge that you would like to have just this decision and join in on this decision with just raising your hand on the count of three. One, your hands feel like lead. I know. I've been there. Two, it's okay. You're welcome here. Three, everyone in this room who who just resonates with this message, just begin to raise your hand, choosing to live your life for Jesus. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Keep your hands raised. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. I see you back there. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone in this room, just just repeat after me. Let's make it really easy. Don't don't let anyone stick out in this room. Uh, We just wanted them to be comfortable in just giving a heart prayer to God. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Give me a fresh start. Lord, clean my slate in life. I acknowledge I try to do it on my own. But, Lord, I surrender my life to you. And, Lord, take control of my life. And help me to work through my worst days. But Lord, I give you everything. And I dedicate my life to you. In Jesus' mighty name, say amen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being brave.